You are now listening to Vocal Minds with Sophia. Daniel has been gifted with the ability to communicate with archangels and spirits. With this information, he guides and assists others to fulfill their spiritual path. Daniel has been able to help many people in finding their true path with amazing results. Daniel takes extreme pride in his ability to answer all the unanswered questions. Hello, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. I know that you're moving house. It must be a very stressful time for you. Yes, yes, we are. We just uh, got an offer on our house last night and we bought a house out in Arizona last week. So we have to leave and get out of here in a month. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you have only four weeks, basically, to pack everything yes. up and leave. Yes, and that's what we're doing. We're packing everything up. I actually have a bunch of stuff in the back of my truck here because I, I would normally do this in my studio, but our studio is completely uh, packed up. Oh wow! So is uh is the move go- is the move going smooth smoothly? Oh, absolutely! Yes. Uh, <clears throat> the reason for the move is because uh, my spirit guides told us uh, within a four year period, I'm able to do something called channeling as well, and I channeled with four different people, and during those four different people, I got the same message each time from them that we were going to be moving out west. Uh, and then we got another message recently uh, that told us it was time to go. So here we are. Wow. That's 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 a huge, huge impact from a message, you know. Um, and luckily, you're able to, to afford to just pick up and, and leave, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that is, that's a huge message. And uh, but with the messages that I receive and the way that I receive them, I follow through with everything that they tell me to do. And I've been doing that for about four years now. So, and, and every time I do that, it just, it works out. So that's how I, that's how I know that what I'm doing and, and how I help people also is the right thing to do. Tell us a little about yourself. What made you decide to get into your line of work? And when did you realize you could com- communicate with the metaphysical beings like archangels and spirits? Ooh, it goes way back. Um, when I was a child, uh, around three or four years old, uh, I remember still, I, was, I remember being able to see spirits. Uh, but we lived in a town um, called uh, National Park in the state called New Jersey. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Um, in that town was a battlefield that had a hospital on it. And this is where the Hessians fought long back in the 1700s. And uh, so the houses in that area were all haunted, including ours. Uh, so everyone in my family was seeing things like uh, one time when my sister was getting ready for school in the morning, uh, my mom was helping her. They went into the bathroom to look in front of this full length mirror. And when they did, there was another woman standing in the mirror and she had on a colonial outfit. Um, there was a time when, uh, this was back in the seventies, my sister had a record player. So when you would play records, you would lift the record up and you'd put it on the little post and then you hit the switch and it drops down. Well, my brothers and I would be downstairs watching TV and her record player would turn on. But the crazy thing was it would switch records. So it would take a record off and then put another record on. 
<clears throat> so these kinds of things happen all the time. Ashtrays would move, glasses would move, all that. Eventually, um, I was about 17. My mom and dad and I, my dad got a new job. We moved down to the state, Delaware. And I continued to see things. My mom and dad did not. Uh, I was playing in a band. Uh, I was a drummer. I had big hair. And I wore the, the zebra stripe spandex just to prove it. And uh, I came home from a gig, and I laid down in bed. And when I did, something laid down next to me like three or four times. And then that fifth time, I went to roll over to see what it was. And when I was there, picked up the blanket that I had on top of me and picked it up all the way up to the ceiling and then shook it above me and then it dropped it on top of me. <clears throat> and then two years after that, for, for two years, I slept on the couch because I was so frightened because I was, I was raised as a as Catholic in the Catholic religion. So I was taught that these things are demons and devils. Uh, of which they are not, because there is no such thing as demons and devils. Um, so, uh, so throughout the years, I would see things. Uh, I was with a girlfriend one time in my bedroom watching TV, and something big and thick and white kind of came out of the closet and moved across the room and then disappeared. And then she turned around to me and she said, did you see that? I said, yes, I did. Let's get out of here. So... We, we would see these things. Yeah, it was, it was crazy stuff. I was in my grandfather. My grandfather stayed with us, and I was in his room laying on his bed looking at pictures of my grandma who passed away, and I kept hearing this squeaking noise, and I turned. I kept turning around didn't see anything. And then one time I turned around, and his rocking chair was rocking back and forth, and my grandmother was in it. And she turned around and looked at me with this surprised look, and I was like, oh. and then she just disappeared. So I've seen things on a... <clears throat> such a regular basis that it just felt normal to me. Um, so throughout my twenties, thirties, forties, just all this, I would, I would drive down the road and get a real chill up my back. And all I have to do is turn around and look and there's a, I'm driving past the graveyard. So I picked up on a lot of things. Then right before I turned 50 years old, about six months prior to that, my, my wife, uh, went on vacation to see her daughter for two weeks. And during that two week period, I saw everything imaginable you could think of that was scary in every scary movie. I saw seven foot skeletons walking around the house. I saw uh, green and red mist pouring out of the walls. I saw skulls pouring out of the walls and they had red eyes and fangs. Um, I, saw a, 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 I saw this cloud form out of the corner of the room and come down in front of me. Uh, and each time it came down, it came down in a different color. It was, it was gray. It was blue. It was red, green, yellow, orange, purple. And then it would come out with gray, with black stripes, yellow, with black stripes, purple, with black stripes. It was just very strange. And it happened every single night, but every time it came through, I felt the presence of a woman. So I just, I called her, hello, Miss lady. Cause I just, it wasn't sure. Uh, and sometimes they would say things to me, like I would hear something in the room and I would say, who was that? I heard that. And then I would hear somebody in the background whisper, he can hear us. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, wow. And so I like your reaction, though. You you think uh, it was quite cool for someone like me? Oh my god, I can I can't even imagine. What, I think I would like pee myself, or I don't know. I would be hysterical, though. So you know, 
if if I if I had just heard it now, I would be the same way. But since I've been here hearing and seeing and feeling these things ever since I was a little kid, then you know I just it's kind of like uh, you know when we're when we're kids and our mom and dad feeds us green beans and then 30 years later we're eating green beans because we love green beans. Well, you just get used to it after a while. It just becomes natural. So. Uh, so then I, the one craziest thing I saw was, I mean, the other stuff was pretty crazy. Uh, I was down in my basement and my cat was down there. I said, come on, buddy, it's time to come upstairs. And he looked at me and he looked at his right and I looked to my left and I saw this wall of blackness form in the middle of the room. And then I saw a man walk out of it and he had on this big wide rim black hat and his long black coat. I couldn't see his eyes or anything, but I could see his facial features, his nose, his chin, and he just walked across the room. And then he disappeared. But the strange part about it, I mean, other than that, was when he was walking, he didn't have any feet. Because I just, and I just looked at it like this. I just watched it. I went, just watching him go across the room. I wasn't scared or anything, but it did give me an uneasy feeling later on uh, afterwards. Uh, so my wife finally comes back from her trip. And she tells me about her adventures, and then I tell her all about mine. And my wife was a nurse at the time, and I'm diabetic. She, so she believes, she thought that maybe my medicine was giving me some type of psychosis. Maybe I was seeing some things because of it. Um, but three days later, after her returning, she started seeing all the same things. So at that point, we, we were seeking out some help to see uh, what we could do about this. Cause I just, I wanted to know why all this was happening all of a sudden, what was going on here. And so we tried to get a priest to come to the house and he wouldn't do it. They said they don't do that anymore. Um, we had a, a paranormal group come to the house. And, but the, the thing about that is when they showed up to the house, they had their little insignia on the side of their truck. And I thought to myself, I don't want to be this kind of famous. Because people around in the, in, the, in the neighborhood are going to think, you know, maybe you know, the Blair Witch Project is happening at a home next to them. Uh, unknowingly to them, it was and it still is. They just, I don't tell people that around here because it would probably, you know, the HOA would probably come out of my butt. So, uh, <clears throat> so they come in, they come in with all these uh, little boxes with little wires and lights on them. And they placed them near the doorways. And then the one, one girl had a camera. She was taking digital photos everywhere all over the house. One guy had a video camera. Another, and two other guys were just asking questions. And um, I asked him about those boxes. I said, what do they do? And he said, well, he rubbed his hand on my couch. And then he waved his hand over it. And they lit up. They just noise. And I was like, wow. He said, it's from static electricity because spirit produced that. I was like, OK. So I didn't know any, I mean, I watched the TV shows, but I didn't understand a lot of this stuff. So we were talking a lot and then the girl was taking pictures and um, they said, where's a lot of the activity going on? And they wanted to do this at night. I was like, okay. And then, so I said, a lot of it goes on in the bedroom. So we go to go in the bedroom. I walk through the doorway and every one of those boxes lit up. It just lit up and made all this noise. And I was like, I'm looking back at them saying, what happened? What, what happened? And, and they said, we don't know. Let's see. We'll walk through the door. They walked through the door. Nothing. Nothing happened. We're in the bedroom. We're talking. 
One of the guys wants to film inside the walk-in closet. He goes in there. He's out of there in 20 seconds. He starts getting sick. He comes back out. He goes, well, maybe it was just me. He goes back in again. Within seconds, he got sick again. He comes right back out. I can't, I can't go in there. I can't go in there. I was like, I go in there every day. I don't have that problem. So, um, so we're talking. We get done in the bedroom because they're asking a bunch of questions. I walk out of the bedroom. Every one of those boxes lights back up again. And I'm, I'm looking back at them. They walk through. Nothing happens. The girl who was taking pictures says to one of the guys, hey, you got to see this. And I said, hey, what do you got? She said, well, we're not supposed to tell you until the big reveal, but I'll tell you now because this is strange. She said, I'm taking pictures of everybody in the team, and then I'm taking pictures of you, and then pictures of you with everybody in the team. And she says, this is the strange part. She shows me the pictures. She said, look at this guy here. I said, yeah. She says, now look at you standing next to him. And every time I'm standing next to somebody or I'm by myself, I have 15 to 20 light orbs completely surrounding me. It's just you see them all around me, surround my whole body. And I was like, what is that? She said, that's spirit. I said, why do I have so many around me? She said, I don't know. We got to figure this out. This is because when, 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 when I take a picture of somebody else, there's nothing there, but they're just all around you. So we walked all around the house. Every time I went through a doorway, those things just lit up like crazy. They wanted to do a test. They wanted me to go into the bedroom and lay down and pretend I'm sleeping. And then they were going to come in with this thing called a spirit box or an ovulus. And um, it's, it's energy goes into it and words come out. And I was like, okay, let's give that a shot. I lay down, they come in, they turn the box on, and then it starts talking and saying words. It says, it says uh, Helen, Michael, Paul. Wendy, it says words, energy, uh, light, uh, special, unique. One time it said the word road, like a street. And when it said that, a car went right past my house. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was, that was crazy. So I'm just laying there. And then all of a sudden they start asking other questions. And when they do, every time they ask a question, it answered it. But what happened was... They asked one question that really struck with me. And they said, are you here to harm Daniel? And then the voice came through in that computer voice that said, no, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. We love Daniel's energy. Daniel is the light. And when it said Daniel is the light, I was like, what the heck does that mean? And so they asked questions and this went on for 10 minutes and they just kept asking questions and getting answered every single time they got finished they walked out of the room i got up walked out of the room saw my wife standing there they were all huddled up and i said uh, what's going on she said i don't know they're having some talk about something they got done and turned around and i said you guys got all that information because i was excited i was like you got all that information that was great and he's like well there's a problem, Mr. Jackson. I was like, what do you mean there's a problem? He said, well, we can turn that box on every time we go to an investigation. We've been doing this for five years. And we get to spit out words every once in a while. I said, yeah, okay. He says, it never says sentences. And I said, yeah, but it said sentences. I mean, it was talking to you. 
He's like, well, yeah, that's the issue. We got to figure this out because we've never had it talked to us like that before. I said, well, it didn't sound like anything bad. He said, no, but you know, we got to, we may have picked up on something else that we just didn't hear. So we're going to check all of our equipment and we'll, we'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, he, he gave me some, some prayers to say, and he said, you can look this up online and it'll, it'll say these prayers out loud and you can just, you know, he gave me a, gave me a, a bottle. I said, what's it, what's that for? He said, well, it's got, it's got uh, holy water in it. And I was like, he said, just spray it around the room. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, that doesn't work because <laughs> none of that, none of that stuff works. And in real, in reality, in real life, none of that stuff works. And, and I'll explain why. But um, so uh, they leave two weeks later, three weeks later. They're not, nobody's contacting me. It took six weeks. I had to call them up and get a hold of them. And when I did, I said, so when are you coming back for the big reveal? He said, we're not. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I can't get the team together. And I said, why not? I, I said, there's a scheduling problem. He said, no. When we left her home, as soon as we got on the front lawn, everybody quit. And I said, what do you mean they quit? He said, we've been doing this for five years and we don't get that kind of information like we got from your house from one home. It usually takes 10 or 15 homes to get all that stuff. I said, okay. He said, they don't want to come back to your house. They're afraid to walk into your house. I said, well, can you at least come back to my house and tell me what's going on? He said, he said I don't feel comfortable coming into your house. I, he said, I said, so how does that help me? I said, you guys, you guys are professionals. You're supposed to be helping me. He said, well, I don't know what to tell you at this point, Mr. Jackson. I said, well, maybe you guys ought to get into a different business because this is not helping anybody. He said, well, the team's broken up now and I can't. I'm moving on. I guess they've all moved on. I don't know what's going on with that. I said, fine. I got off the phone. My wife and I started looking around more. So we found some mediums. I said, let's go that route. Maybe they can help us. I ended up contacting five of them and I met one of them in person. She said, what was strange, what, what I thought was strange. She said, maybe you should come to one of my shows to see how I do things. And I didn't understand that at, at first, but it's because, you know, she knew something already. So I got tickets to the show. We went. I didn't tell her when I was coming. My wife and I walked in the door. There was like 50 people in there. And when I walked in the door, the lady just was in a conversation with somebody, just turned around and stared right at me and stared at me and watched me walk across the room. And then I sat down. She read eight people out of that whole group and she did it randomly. She said, spirit will come in and I will, I will call out to what they are saying to me. And then if it resonates with you, stand up and put your hand up and let me know. Maybe it has something to do with you. The second person to get read was me. She started saying things like, um, there's a spirit here named Robert. He goes by Bob. He has, he wears white t-shirts and sometimes flannel shirts. But he, were, I, he showed me a business suit. He also shows me a school bus, what looks like prison bars, and a doctor. And I stood up and I said, I think that's me. And she said, why? I said, my dad's name is Robert, but he goes by Bob. He wears white T-shirts and a flannel shirt and, uh, and a business suit when he, goes to, when he was working. I said, but uh, 
the school bus, I went back to school and I was doing medical records. That's why maybe you see the, the doctor and I work in a prison and that's why you see bars. And she said, yes, he's telling me absolutely. And then she said, he's showing me a sign that he, he fell down and that's how he passed away. And I said, yes, he fell down falling up some stairs and he had blunt force trauma and it moved his brainstem. And that's what he said, but that's not what she said. He left because someone named Sarah had uh, pulled, had to make the big decision. I said, Sarah, she said, yeah. I said, my niece, he said, no, not your niece. And I said, oh, my mom's middle name is Sarah. She said, yes. Sarah made the decision to pull the plug. I said, yes, her name is Joan. And she said, yes. At that point, I knew that this was all real because how would she know my mom? How would she know my mom's middle name? So at the end of the show, we went up and talked to her and I said, hi, my name is Daniel Jackson. And she said, oh my God, you're the guy I talked to like two weeks ago on the phone. I said, yes. She said, that's why I, didn't, I, I got so much interference in here. And I said, why? She said, because I saw you walk into the room. I said, yeah, I saw you were looking straight at me. She said, yes. She said, you're what I call, you're an untrained medium. And I said, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? She said, you have an ability, but you're just unaware of it. And I said, okay. And she said, I said, so what's that mean? She said, spirit is coming to you. You have an ability to see them, hear them, feel them. I said, oh yeah, I feel things around me. And I, she said, Oh, no, you're getting a lot more than that. You're just not aware of it. I said, okay. And she says, uh, but spirit is actually coming to you. That's why you see so many. And I said, okay. I said, I do see a lot of them. She says, how many do you see? I said, I don't know, like a thousand of them in a day. And she said, yeah. I said, it's like being, I said, it's like being in a room with a thousand people, except nobody leaves and more people just keep coming in. I just see them. She said, yeah, there's a reason for that. And I said, what's the reason? She said, they're coming to you specifically. She said, when you walked in the room here, I closed my eyes and I can see you like they see you. See, when spirit sees you, they see your light within you. They see your body frame, but they see your light within you. And that's with everybody. But some people have a light that's brighter than others. She says, you have the brightest light I've ever seen. And she said, I've been doing this for 20 years. She said, I don't see your body frame. I see a ball of light and that's it. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? She said, well, spirits coming to you for that same reason. I said, what's that reason? She said, they think that you're the light into heaven. You're like a, a beacon of light to them. And I'm, I'm getting chills now because every time I talk about it. And, uh, and I said, okay, what do I do with that? She says, well, you have to have a sit down with, with God, have a talk with him, God, higher source, whatever you want to call him and uh, have a talk and decide what you're going to do with this. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you're either going to accept this, this gift ability, or you're going to push it away. And I was like, and she said, I know you don't want it to go away. I said, no, I don't. I said, this is part of my life. This is who I am. This is, I'm just used to it. I said, if I can, may do something with this, maybe help them or help people, then I'll do whatever I need to do. And she said, well, then you need to go home and have a talk. So 
said goodbye, <clears throat> went home with my wife, talked about this with her. She said, it's up to you. I said, I'm just going to go in there and have a talk with God because how do you talk to God? You just do because anybody can because we just can because we don't have to go to a big white building with 50 other people to talk to God and have some other guy tell us his idea of God. You can talk to him anytime you want to. So I went into the bedroom and sat down and I had a talk with him and I said, you know, I want this to move forward. And if, if there's something bigger than me that's going on here, I'll do absolutely anything that you want me to do. It's as long as I can do something with this, I'll do that. I came out of the bedroom and from the next, from that moment on the next day, everything changed. A lot of the, it took a few weeks, uh, but a lot of that scary stuff I was seeing went away. And then I started uh, just seeing, I was still seeing some of the skulls, but it wasn't so scarier anymore. Then I just started seeing more things around the home. I would see shadow people. I would see mist go past my face and mist come into my face. Uh, I've seen, uh, but it, it eventually changed uh, because I started asking for more things. And when I did that, that's what they want you to do. They want you to acknowledge the fact that they are actually there and then they want you to ask them for their help and they will help you. And when I did that, I, I asked for faces. I got faces, all right. So I don't just see people anymore. I see dogs and cats and horses and cows and fish and, and I see other beings from other worlds. Uh, they don't, they, maybe to other people, they would look like monsters, but to me, that's just what they look like, where they come from. I, I understand things now. They are not demons and devils. There's no such place as hell because I'm able to see into the earthbound realm as well as into the light. And I can see in that realm and there's no one walking around with horns and a tail. No one's being tortured. No one's being burned. No one's on fire. There's no real landscape there. There's no trees. There's no buildings, but there is kind of like land there. And all I see is gazillions of people walking around and they're talking to each other. And, but that's, that's the earthbound realm. And I see dogs and cats and everything else walking around there. But then I also, I'm able to see into the light as well. But that's the part of it that was, took a little while to get figured out. So I, I met up with a group of other mediums. Uh, they put this group together and they invited me by someone I met. And I worked with them for about a year. I found out I'm able to also do channeling. And I channeled with each member of that group. And every time I channeled with them, a message came through. The person who was talking, it wasn't their voice. It wasn't the words they used. And the message came through. And I was able to figure out the names of my spirit guides through that. Uh, and my spirit guides are different than most people. People have this misconception of the world that uh, they ha everyone has angels with them. You don't. People have angels with you because you're actually performing a specific task that God wants you to do. Otherwise, you would have what we call spirit guides with you. And they are just people who have crossed over, who fulfilled their purpose, and want to come back and help. Because as souls, that's what we like to do. We like to do good things. We like to help. So they come back and help us. But I have what we consider archangels for my spirit guides. They do not look like men with wings. They are not men with wings. 
Most of them, some of them look humanoid, but they're not human. Most of the ones I've seen, they look like a, like a prey mantis. Uh, I have these 10 foot prey mantises standing in my room every night and I know who they are, what they are, what they do for me, what they do for everyone else. I've seen one that looks like an owl. Uh, I've seen uh, Archangel Michael does not look like a man with wings with a sword and a shield. He does not have that. He does not even look like a man. When I've seen him, he looks like more like a hybrid moose, like a horse moose. He has this wider head. He's got these big wolf looking eyes. They're not blue. They're actually kind of brown looking. He's got this long body and it's got this like short hair on it. He's got like big floppy ears. He's beautiful, but that's what he looks like. But that's not their names as well. These are just names that we were, we gave them. We can actually pronounce their names because their names are more of a sound, a vibrational sound that, that their name is. That's what our original names are as well. The names that we have here are just human given names. That's not your real name. And none of us, even God's name is not God. I mean, we use the word God as a term of, of all in power, but that's not his real name, but we're just not meant to know his name here or you can't, you can't pronounce it because it's, it's just different. You, where they are, there's no space and time. They have no body. They have no voice box. They talk, it's mental telepathy there. So you would hear it, but you're not going to be able to voice it. So I found out by talking with my spirit guides that the spirit who see me were absolutely correct. The spirit, the light that shines into heaven is actually in a physical body. And it has to be in a physical body for two reasons. One, to shine all the time, to be here all the time on this physical world. And two, because it has to be able to physically cross them over, meaning talking to them, guiding them, telling them where to go and what to do. And that's what I do. The light that shines in the heaven is me. It's my soul and it just keeps coming back over and over and over again in a different version of me. I found out by talking through with my spirit guides, it was actually in my grandfather before it was in me. My grandfather wanted to know when I was going to be born. He asked my mom and dad. And so I have two brothers and a sister. He was really not that concerned with them being born, which is kind of strange, but he wanted to know when I was going to be born because he knew he just, he knew something was going on because he had this ability as well. He knew what he was. And when I was about to be born, my dad called him up and said, you got to come to the hospital. He's getting ready to be born. And he got ready to come to the hospital and he had a heart attack and died. And then his soul left his body and then came into mine. And then I was born. And here I am now. They show me everything. I can see all spirit because of one reason. Because of being the light that shines in the heaven, I'm a portal for all spirit. All spirit that come through from heaven and are born come through me. All spirit that leave here and go back home come through me. All spirit to come back through here to visit someone comes through me. They show it to me all the time. I see this swirling thing above me and I see little lights going through and coming back and going through and coming back. They're people. It's just, I didn't ask for any of this. 
as we all are in this world, this is just who you are. This is who I am. And I had to learn to accept this. It happens physically. I see it physically. Other people see it physically around me. They're just not aware of what it is. I was sitting with my sister one time in a low lit room talking. And when we were talking, a big flash of light went off next to me. And she said, what was that? And I said, oh, that's just somebody jumping in because she's aware because she's had this a little bit of disability. And I said, she said, jumping in. I said, yeah, there's somebody jumping in going home. She said, oh, you mean crossing over? I said, yeah. She said, does that happen all the time? I said, yeah, sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes I see just clouds of mist going through my coming into my face and going through me. If I concentrate on it, I just see a constant mist going through me. I said, it's been caught on camera. Well, I do another, I do, a, I used to do another uh, podcast and it was caught on camera. Something flew around the room and came right into me and went right through my head and disappeared. I said, so yes, it happens all the time. She, and she said, how do you get used to that? I said, you just do. You just get used to it. It's like anything else. You just get used to it after a while. What's the so biggest yet, problem you faced dealing with this? Uh, lack of sleep. <laughs> More or less. Uh, I'm on all the time. I'm connected all the time. I, I was driving down the road one time a couple of years ago talking to myself. And when I did, I got answered. Now, I get answers on my face for yes and no answers. I get touched on my face for yes and no answers. Whenever I get a no, it feels like a tear is running down my face. And I found this out by doing trial and error because I was being touched. And that woman said, oh, you get touched. You get, I said, what do you mean? She said, you're being touched all the time. I said, well, I always feel like I'm itchy. She said, no, you're not itchy. You're being touched by them because they can't figure out what you are. And they're touching you all the time to try to figure it out. And I said, oh, well, that explains a lot. Like right now, you see me, I keep etching my neck because something keeps touching me on my neck all the time. It happens all day long. I get touched all over my body. But the archangels touch me for yes and no answers. Now I don't always get just yes and no answers. They also put thoughts into my mind. So my right now, my thoughts are no longer mine. My thoughts are only 25% me. The other 75% is them. And I get it all day long. I'm just that used to it now. I, when I'm talking to people, I have to re, try to really try hard to reframe myself from reading them because it just comes through. Wow. How, so, profound, how profound of an effect do you believe that spirituality has in achieving fulfillment? What can we learn from those whose time has come and gone? The only way we can learn anything is by listening to them. Because they are here to help us. Just not everybody is aware of that. We have to listen to them. We have to acknowledge, acknowledge that they are here. Listen to them but yet we have to follow through with what they're telling us. The reason they are telling us is because they want us to get through life as easy as we can, but they also want us to fulfill our purpose. Everyone's purpose is the same. Your purpose is not becoming a doctor or a lawyer. Your purpose is you, you fulfilling your purpose while being in that, because that was a choice. Because some people choose to be doctors and some people just don't. Your purpose is the same. Your purpose is the same as mine, same as everyone's. 
we are here to help each other, but just here to help each other just for the sake of it. Just because we can, because we should, because they want us to, and they want us to do it as much as we can. It's just hard sometimes because life gets in the way. But our purpose is the reason why people call, call this reincarnation. It's just you're coming back to fulfill your purpose. This is the reason why we are still here now. I'm here for a different reason. I'm here to be the light, but this is my last time after this, that the light goes out. Everyone gets a personal light. When you pass away, you will stand up out of your body. You'll look down. You'll say, oh, I don't need that anymore. You'll take a step to the left. You'll look to the right. A light will turn on. That's everyone's personal light. Everyone gets one. It's up to you to make a choice whether or not you're going to go in that light or not, because it's your choice. No one can do it for you. No one can keep you from it. You either walk in or you don't. And if you don't, you remain there as an earthbound spirit with all the other gazillions of miserable people. Or you walk into the light. But in order to do that, you have to be able to let go of all your pain, anger, sorrow, grief, guilt, anguish, all that stuff you learned how to have here. Because it didn't come with you and it doesn't have to leave with you. We have to how learn to listen that? to that. How do you let go? For those who don't know how to let go and are living with pain, anger, depression, you name it, all the negative feelings that a human being can feel. How, how do you let that go? As you just said, something so powerful. You didn't come into this world with it. So why leave with, with it? And why do we get, if we didn't come into this world with it, we learn how to have it here and we don't have to leave with it. Why do we carry it around here? Because the world convinces you to do that. Because the world wants you to feel this way. Because the more that they can make you feel this way, the more that they can control you. Because that's what it's all about, power and control. It's, it's the reason why Jesus Christ came here. Jesus Christ came here to let us know we don't have to live under the power and control. He, let, he was letting us all know he was not the only one who was divine. We are all divine spirit. We are all divine souls. We are all created from God, from a part of him, which makes our souls divine. But the people who want to have power and control over us don't want us to know that. And in order to have power and control over us, they can't let us know that. So they can have, because if, if we knew that, no one could have power over anyone. We could all be equal. So he was here to let us know that. <clears throat> but what happened was he said, we could live together as free men and women. We could take care of each other and, and share everything in the world because there's enough of everything in the world for every single person. But what happened is the people who are in control didn't want that to happen. And they picked him up. They put him on that cross. He wasn't the first one to be on it, and he wasn't the last one to be on it. And they tortured him and murdered him in front of everybody to let them know, if you follow him and do what he's doing and, and says he what you can do, we will do this to you too. Religion wants you to wear a cross around your neck, not to remind you of Jesus, but to remind you of the power and the control that they have over you. Why would you want to wear a form of punishment around your neck? Why would you want to have a form of punishment everywhere you go and praising it? Because you shouldn't. Because God and Jesus don't want us to do that. They want us to let go of the Bible. The Bible is not real. The Bible is a book of power and control. And he wants us to let that go. He wants us to be able to stand up and say enough is enough. But again, we have to learn to listen to them and we have to learn to follow through. 
but people don't because we've been taught not to our entire lives. We've been taught to go against the grain. We've been taught to, we have to prove I'm better than you and you're, or you're better than me. And I need to have power over you or you have power over me. I have to achieve more than you can. No, you don't. We could all share everything and just be equal. You mentioned earlier that you grew up uh, quite Catholic. How was it realizing what you have realized with the spiritual upbringing that you had? So when you realized, like you just mentioned with Jesus Christ and the cross, that's a huge staple in Catholicism. So how did you separate yourself from all the nurturing that you had as a child being raised Catholic? Because one of my spiritual guides is Jesus Christ himself. And he talks to me. So when I say I get answers, when they touch me on my face, I have different touches that touch me on my face. So when I get answers for yes, here's the answers for it. Here's who is touching me. I have one here touches me. His name's Manos. Another one touches me here named Raphael. It feels like blood is dripping across my face. Why does it feel like blood? Because they tell me I wear the crown of thorns. They tell, they tell me I am just like he. Although I cannot perform my miracles, I am just like he. Manos, Raphael. Um, another Raphael. Gabriel, Uriel, Michael, Helen, Paul. Jesus, uh, angel with a bad rap, not the devil, Lucifer, Nicholas, Richard touches me on my eyelid here. Paul touches me on my eyelid here, pinches my eyebrow, Daniel. Another one touches me right here, goes up my forehead like that, Jacob. Another one touches me here, Ansel. And then another one touches me here, right on my eyelid, on my, on my eyelashes. I've only gotten that five times, but I have seen him twice. God. When I talk, when I, when I'm in my room at nighttime or in any, any dark room, I see all of them and they're talking to me. I hear their voices. When I'm in meditation, I hear their voices and they talk to me. And they tell me that it's all a lie. Was it difficult for you to separate yourself from the upbringing that you had as a Catholic? Yes, because in the very beginning of finding out all this stuff, that's what I've known my entire life. It's all I've ever known. But the more things that they told me, even when I do readings for people, I... So here's the best story I can... One of the best stories I can tell you that just happened recently. I was at a car show and I hang out at this car show late till later at night. Cause the bartender knows me. I, I drink Pepsi. I don't drink, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do, drink alcohol. None of that stuff. Because I don't even have any tattoos because all that stuff they tell me not to do. So I don't. Okay. Did you need to drink though? Is it something that you stopped? Cause I don't. Yeah. Drink. I, I actually stopped uh, <clears throat> uh, 15 years ago. Okay. I only found out about that I was a medium five years ago. And everything, everything that I know, I know things about the Bible, but I've never read a Bible. All of this stuff that I get, I've gotten all in the past five years. 
Every, mm-hmm. I've got I've seen spirit my entire life, but everything that I know now, I've gotten it in the past five years. Mm-hmm. So I was at this bar, and she likes me. The girl likes me to stay late because in dark I can see more things. And she says, "Do you see anything?" I said, "Well, let me close my eyes and take a look." And I said, "Yeah, see, there's man here. He's got this beard. Kind of looks like a little bit like me, but he's got." a little bit of hair on top. I just shaved mine and he's got glasses on his head and he wears them like this. He puts them on top of his forehead and he's waving his hand for me to see that. And I said, and she said, is he here for anybody? I said, yeah, he's for these people down here at the end of the bar, not the woman, but the man, more or less the man. And she said, do you get a name? I said, I don't normally get, I said, wait, I said, his name is James. I'm getting James. James just popped in my head. She said, you think I should go down there and tell them? And this happened like two months ago. I was like, I, if you don't want to, I will. I mean, I'll casually go down. She said, no, no, let me, let me give this a shot. So she goes down there. And then within a minute, I hear the woman down the end of the bar. She goes, oh, you mean my friend Jim? And I turned around. And I said, yeah, Jim, but his name is James. She said, yeah. I walked down. I said, hi, my name is Daniel Jackson. I see dead people. And, uh, and I explained to her what I do. And they, I said, yeah, I said, his name is James. I said, he's got this white beard. Uh, he's got little bushy eyebrows, hair on top. He's got glasses on his head. As I'm saying that, her husband's going through his phone. And uh, she said, yeah, it sounds like my friend Jim. So he picks his phone up and points it at me. He says, is Jim in this picture? I said, yeah, it's this guy right here on the right. He said, yeah, that's my friend, Jim. He died two years ago. I, I said, well, he's here to be a spirit guide for you. And he says, what's that mean? I said, well, he tells me that you're his son and he, he's here to help you through your life and help you make decisions. And he said, that's kind of crazy. I said, why? He said, because every time we were with him, we would hang out with him. He said, we raced cars together and he showed me everything. He was a mentor to me but he's not my dad. But every time we were in a crowd of people, he would tell everybody that I was his son. And I said, well, he believes that you are his son and he wants to help you in your life. And as I was telling them, them I'm getting cheered up. As I was telling them that she, his wife started crying. And I said, he's here for you and he wants to help you. And I told him how to do that. And as I was doing that, the bartenders were standing there. There was a crowd of people standing around us and they all had their mouths open like, oh my God. And then I turned around to my friend and I looked at her and I said, I can't make this shit up. This is the way it is. The moments that I have like that and I have them very often, I know that this is real. I know this is the right thing. And I know it's the right thing to do. It's just now that I do know the truth, it's now I'm doing my best in the past five years to go out there and tell the truth to people, get the truth out to them so they can understand for themselves to let them know that we've all been living a lie. Have you faced any backlash from religious people because- Oh, absolutely. I can imagine, right? Especially when I, I believe you're you're in the South, right? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, not real South, but 
<clears throat> yeah, we're 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 in a state called Delaware, but I'm moving to Arizona, which which yeah. this is a lot more accepted anyway. I think that's one of the reasons why they want want us to go there. There's some other reasons as well, but I don't I don't I so I I know a lot of things. They tell me a lots of things. Two and a half years prior to the COVID back, COVID coming through, we channeled a message, and they told us that a virus was coming. They and we were out doing. I was doing readings at, at festivals. I was out telling people about this virus. I was telling them about the first stock market crash. I told them how to prepare for that, get toilet paper, get all that stuff, food, water, everything. And then we were channeled another message and said, get ready, it's coming now. And then it came a month later. And everyone who I told called me up and said, thank you for telling us about this. We were prepared for it. But then I got like 20 other messages from people saying, I wish I would have listened to you. We just thought you were crazy. I said, mm -hmm. I'm not crazy, am I? They said, no. I said, are you going to listen to me now? Wow. They're trying to help us. Yeah. But we have to learn to listen to them and follow through with what they tell us. But, yeah, it's been hard. The religious people, you know. Have <clears> you ever said to a religious person, is there a reason why you wear a cross? Because because what it represents is not a, a positive thing. So why do you oh, wear absolutely. a cross, right? That is so powerful. And I've never thought about that myself until you mentioned that. I grew up Orthodox, which is like Catholic. And sure. yeah, we we worship the cross. Yeah, it's Why? not because it's, yeah, you just yeah because we've been in, inside me completely. Yeah, because we've been taught to worship it. That's yeah. why. And over and over and over again for thousands of years, and when you get it pounded in your head like that, yeah. you don't even you don't even know why you're actually doing it. You're just doing it. Because mm -hmm. we've been brainwashed into doing it so that they could have power and control over us. I mean, if you want to see how much control and power they have over everybody, religion does, walk into a crowd of people and wait for somebody to sneeze. Because immediately you're going to hear somebody turn around and say, God bless you. That's how much control they have. Do you know where that term actually came from? No. That It came at, right after Jesus was born around that time. That... Uh, the, the thing what it was is when you would sneeze, people at that time thought when you were sneezing that demons were exiting your body. So they would say, God bless you so that no more demons would enter your body. But the thing is about that is we kept sneezing. <laughs> demons are not leaving your body. You're just sneezing. That's a pressure release. That's all it is. People were so crazy back then. They, but they also believed a lot of things, like prophets. Prophets yeah. were not people who were great in any other way than some of them were poets or musicians because they could do it because someone else couldn't. So the people who wrote the Bible are the kings and queens of the world, the people who were in control. They wrote this book so they could continue to be in control of everyone. Mm. We're all out there protesting all these different black and white things. One of the things we don't protest is the, the Olympics. And I don't know why we don't protest that because the Olympics were games that were created by Kings and Queens as entertainment, having slaves, people fight through these games to win their freedom. Yet we still play these games 
today. And it was based on slavery, slavery of everyone. Why do we still play them? Because we are all in, we are all slaves to them every single day. It's not just black and white. It is all of us who are slaves to religion, to power, to control, to the big corporations. They own everything. They are in control of everything. <clears throat> we relinquished that power to them a long time ago, and we've never taken it back. But yes, that cross is, it's punishment. Yeah. It's not, it's not something to revere or to worship. Yeah. It's to let you know that we have control over you too. Mm -hmm. Jesus wants us to get rid of that because it's not, it's not real. It's not, it's not truth. It's a lie. It's they true. just indoctored, they indoctored God and Jesus's name into that Bible to put fear among us all because they want us to, God will punish you, but he will also be merciful. Well, which one is he? You can't be both at the same time. My favorite one within religion is I catch them on this all the time. And I tell them this, and then they get angry with me, and they don't want to answer the question. <clears throat> because they talk about God and the, and the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Father and the Son, yes. Mm -hmm. No Holy Spirit. And they say, what do you mean? I say, well, who, which one of you are talking to the Holy Spirit? And they say, why? I said, well, in the Bible on page like six or seven, it says, don't talk to mediums. Don't talk to people like me. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you're talking to spirit, that means you're talking to the dead, which they in turn say are demons and devils. And mm -hmm. no one is allowed to do that. So if no one is allowed to do that, no one is allowed to talk to the dead. Which one of you guys over there in religion is talking to the Holy Spirit? Because somebody is. Every time you pray, you say in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you're. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So why are you talking to them if you're not supposed to be talking to them? But they say you're not supposed to talk to them, but they still want you to talk to them. And it's in the prayer. Right. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like that's. I Yes. And if, if you, and so I, when I tell them who of you, who's the special person in religion that's allowed to talk to spirit? Cause you, you tell us we're not allowed to. So who's the lucky one? And they never want to answer that because there is no lucky one because there is no Holy spirit. They never want to answer that. And every time I say it, they just say, well, you need to talk to us. I, no, I've talked to everybody. No one can answer it for me. Why can't you? Because they don't have an answer. Because it's it's a lie. It's all a lie, but they still want you to believe it. So they push it down our throats all the time so that we will believe it. It's got to go away. It's gotta, we have to stand up and take the power back. Mm -hmm. We have to stop letting them control us. But yeah, spirit has changed everything in my life. <clears throat> to the point where I'll be riding down the street on my motorcycle... And I'll say, okay, I'm going to take this right turn here. And I think it to myself or I say it out loud. And they say, no. And I go, okay, do you want me to take the next right-hand turn and go into town that way? Yes. Okay. And that's what I do. I have to trust the fact that whatever they told me to do, 
is the best interest for me. Why did they not want me to take that first right-hand turn? I don't know. I just know that something was going to happen that they didn't want to happen to me. So I didn't do it. There was one day I wanted to take my motorcycle for a ride. I said, I think I'll go for a ride on my bike. I got, no. Well, can I take a ride later? No. How about later, like early evening? No. So you don't want me to ride at all today? No. So I sat around with my thumbs, twiddling my thumbs all day, trying to find something to do. <clears throat> but I couldn't, I couldn't go out riding because something was going to happen. They didn't want it to happen to me. So I, and that's the way I follow through with my life with everything. I ask mm -hmm. questions because I can, because I can get answers mm -hmm. and because I can get answers for myself and I get answers for spirit to cross them over. I can ask questions for every single person on the face of this earth and I will get an answer. So I do. Do you think that you mentioned earlier that you can see extraterrestrials as well? Being Absolutely. Planets. So the Pentagon recently released their disclosure document that there is something out there. But and did they? We don't. Do you think, do you think that we'll ever reach a point in humanity that we will have full disclosure for extraterrestrials? We're already, <clears throat> we're already in full disclosure but they're just hiding a lot of it from us. <clears throat> what I mean by that is they're already here. <laughs> yeah. They are ever, they've been here forever. They've been, how do you think we got here? We were not born of, we were not born of Adam and Eve or Adam and Steve, whatever you prefer. We were born of them. They brought us here. They came here. They had us. We did not evolve from monkeys. <clears throat> we did not. Yeah, no. <laughs> we were brought here by them. We have evolved to what we are now. And the reason we keep seeing their ships flying around and all that other stuff is because they're here to check on us, to check on our progress, to see how we're doing. I mean, we have nuclear capability, but you notice we've never actually had nuclear war because they won't allow it. Because... We all live on the same planet. No one is going anywhere anytime soon. So we better start to get along with each other before we annihilate each other. Mm. And they don't want that to happen. Full disclosure is going to come because they are going to come back and reveal themselves very soon. What can you tell us about your most profound experience as a medium? <clears throat> My... My favorite story. So I was at a festival. Well, one, one, I'll, I'll tell one, one quick thing. Spirit brings me people who have abilities all the time. I've done interviews like I'm doing with you with like maybe 50 people and every one of them have an ability. And they told me ahead of time and I told them and they said, well, you know, I do pick up on this. I said, yeah. And I, and I would tell them other things that they pick up and they go, yeah, how did you know that? I said, because you have an ability as well. You just don't know it. They bring them to me all the time, which is great because then I get to wake them up and hopefully show them where they do, what they need to do and where to go next. And some of them do, not all of them do, but some of them do, but I'm doing what they want me to do. So that's, that's another part of my job, not beyond just doing a, you know, crossing them over and doing readings, but I, I, I get to help people every single day.
So I was at a festival <clears throat> and um, these people came by and this is another type of experience I have. And they, I said, you got to get a reading? And they said, well, we're unsure. I said, okay, I'll see you in an hour. And an hour later, they come back and they said, how'd you know we'd be back in an hour? I said, because you're talking to the medium. How do you think I know? I said, have a seat. I said, who's going to get read? She said, I will. And I said, okay, this husband and wife. I said, let me hold your hand and see who's with you. She said, okay. So I hold her hand. I closed my eyes. And I said, what's with the horses? And they looked at me like, what do you mean horses? I said, I see horses around you, but I see a, one particular horse next to you. And they were, they didn't want to say anything, I think, because they were trying to find out if I was real. And they said, well, what do you see with that? I said, well, I see this brown and white horse, kind of patchy looking, and it has uh, like, like a cow would be, like patchy like that. I said, but it doesn't have a regular mane on its head. It shows me ears poking through, but it shows me a blonde wig, like a wig somebody would have on her head. It has curls in it. It's a wig. I said, it's strange looking. Why would, some, why would a horse have that? It just looks funny. As I said that, again, this guy starts thumbing through his phone. And I said, the horse is showing you walking out of a stall. It comes about, comes around, and then comes around and puts his head on your shoulder, miss. And she said, okay. And I said, but the horse is telling me you're its mommy. She said, how's it telling you? I said, he's just talking to me. She said, what do you mean? I said, whenever spirit talks to me, no matter who talks to me, it comes through as English because it's coming through as a mental telepathy thing. He's telling me you're its mommy and he loves you and he misses you. But he's still here with you. And she said, okay. And then he quits on his phone. He turns his phone around and says to me, is this the horse? I said, yeah. What's with the wig? And the guy tells me, we had a portrait done of the, of the horse and the artist, this is his version of our horse. And it has this wig on its head. I said, yeah, that's exactly what I see. <clears throat> What's with the wig? He said, yeah. He said, we don't like the picture. We don't like it so much that we actually take the, we have the picture sitting in a closet and we're very angry over this. I said, I would be because of that wig. And he said, no, we're angry because we paid $4,000 for this portrait. And I said, that's crazy. He said, yeah. And I said, so what's with the horse coming out of the stall, walk around, put its head on, the on your shoulder? She said, well, I will let you know we do have horses. And every morning I would come out of the house and I would go feed them. But every time I would come to this stall, I would open the stall and the horse, our horse would walk out of the stall and come around and he would put his head on my shoulder. And then they started crying. And I said, it's all right. It's, it's okay. I said, what's wrong? And they said, our horse just died two weeks ago. And I said the same thing that I said, I always say to people, I can't make this shit up. I never got hugged so hard by two people ever in my entire life. They just stood up and just, just grabbed me. When I have these types of things happen and they happen, like I said, all the time, 
you, it, it can't not affect you. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm doing good thing. I know I'm helping people. I know I'm doing the right thing. If this doesn't affect you in that type of way, there's something wrong with you. And I know there's nothing wrong with me because they were crying. I was crying. The people who were standing around were crying, but they were crying with tears of joy. When these types of things happen, when you are helping people, when you are physically helping someone because you can, because you should, it feels good inside and you want to keep doing it more. And I, I have to always keep doing this as much as I can. That's why they want me to be on all the time so that I can do this all the time. So that I, so I can be in contact with them all the time to get this information for everybody to help them understand, to help them realize what's actually going on in this world and how we can do better, how we can take care of each other and accept each other as equals. Because we are not black, we are not white, we are not yellow, green, or purple. We are one race, we are the human race. We are here to learn this human experience, to learn these lessons, because everything you do in your life is a lesson. It's not a good lesson or a bad lesson. It's just a lesson. If you walk through a door and you, there's a nail in the floor and you trip over the nail, the lesson would be to learn that is to go get a hammer, bang that nail back in, and then walk through that door freely. But some people don't do that. They trip over that nail four or five times or they trip over that nail throughout the rest of their lives because they just can't seem to learn that lesson. And then when they don't learn to learn lessons very well, they get on the alternative path and then they come back again. If you look outside right now and see every single person on the face of this earth, every one of them, including me and you, well, not me, including you, because I don't go home. You've all been to heaven you've all had to come back because of not fulfilling our purpose. We, we do it throughout our lives, but we don't do it enough. But there are people who do it enough who get to stay home. The best part about staying home is when you get there and you get to stay home because they will tell you if you have fulfilled your purpose or not. If you've fulfilled it, you can stay home. If you haven't, they just tell you that you have to go back and do it all over again. And we are okay with that because we get to do physical things. It's, it's fun things sometimes, not always fun, but there's some good stuff here. But you get to stay home. You go back to being, feeling the best you were, which is basically for us is like being 30 years old again. You will look younger. You will feel younger. You will feel great. If you die before the age of 30 years old, you will grow up to that age. If you die after the age of 30 years old, you will go back to being 30 years old. And everything will be wonderful. The bad part about not crossing over is if you remain here as an earthbound spirit, whatever age that you died at, you will remain that. You will not be in any sort of pain. But if you're 70 years old and you died and you didn't cross over, you will remain 70 years old. It would be hard for you to get around. 
So that's the, one of the disadvantages besides being a, around a bunch of millions, millions and millions of other miserable beings there because they didn't cross over. They hold on to their pain, anguish, sorrow, grief, guilt, anguish, and all that stuff. That's why some spirit are here searching for their murderers and, and those types of things because they held on to that. You can let go of it anytime that you want to and cross over. But a lot of them have a hard time doing that because they're so used to it again. But it's How your would choice. you advise somebody to, to let go? Because you what, need to let go while you're here. What steps should someone take in order to let go? Because you can say, I want to let go, but it's not as easy as saying it. I will tell you one way. I'm going to give you an example. And then you're going to know. Let's just say you were an alcoholic and I was mm -hmm. your best friend. Mm -hmm. I would tell you, I will take you to meetings. We will talk about this all the time. I will console you about it. We will, we, I will keep you away from that scene. I will do everything possible in my power to do that, to help you get better. But until you choose to stop drinking, no matter what I say or do, isn't going to make a difference. Your choice. If you don't want to walk around with stress, don't, because I don't. If you don't want to walk around being angry, then don't, because I don't. If you don't want to walk around having resentment against people, then don't, because I don't. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. All you have to do is make the choice to not to do it. Do you think happiness is a choice? Absolutely. Because everyone's happiness is their own choice. As in everyone's unhappiness is their own choice. Depression. Depression is you choosing to hold on to those depressing feelings. A doctor can give you medicine, but all that does is put a, is put a Band-Aid on it. A doctor can talk you through it, but you are the one who's letting it go. So if you're the one who's letting it go, then you don't need to go to a doctor. You can just choose to let it go. But people say, I can't. It's not that they can't. It's they won't. Because they feel this is what makes them who they are. I choose to not be depressed about things. I choose to move forward in my life. No matter the circumstance, even if I was disabled in some way, I would, you could either say, this is what I am and just be, or you could be resentful for everything and everyone else because you chose to be resentful. Choose not to. Choose a better way. Choose a better way that works for you because there's only two decisions you're ever going to make in your entire life. There's no right and wrong. There's no epic failures. There are no mistakes. No one fails at anything. No one makes mistakes. Everything you've ever done in your entire life is what you were supposed to do because it got you where you are now. If you cheat on somebody, you didn't cheat on somebody. You just were doing something that you thought was best for you. 
Those two decisions that you're only going to make in your entire life are two things. One, what works for you? And two, what doesn't work for you? And if it doesn't work for you, quit doing it. Like I said, if walking through that doorway trip over that nail and that doesn't work for you, go get a hammer and bang it in. But some people can't seem to learn that lesson and continue to trip throughout their entire lives. If you want to stop tripping, stop tripping. Make better decisions. Make better choices. Listen to spirit because they're helping you to make these decisions. They are, help, are who helps you make decisions throughout your entire life. You wake up in the morning and decide to go to the mall, go to the mall. Don't talk yourself out of it because they're trying to help you to have experiences and meet people that you're supposed to. You don't just happen to run into somebody you haven't seen in 10 years. You run into them because you're supposed to. Because there, there are no... <clears throat> There are no just happen type of things. There are no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. We just have to figure out what that reason is. But we can't do it if we let our ego, the thing that we learned how to have, talk us out of everything. Why do we have that? Because the world taught you to have that. Because they taught you self-doubt. Because they, they taught you how to have all this stuff so that, again, if you feel depressed... We'll send you to a doctor and he'll help you. But it's going to cost you $5,000, which in turn, there's the power and the money and the greed and control. Or you could just decide, you know what? That thing that I had happen yesterday was pretty bad. I'm just going to let it go and move forward because it's your choice. So if you want to choose to do that, go ahead. But if you don't, you want to be depressed the rest of your life, that's your choice as well. I choose not to. Is everything from the beyond reliable, our ghosts and other metaphysical beings not also prone to error? As, as long as it's, it's positive energies that are helping you. If so when I meditate and I hear voices come in and they start talking about bad things, I know that they are negative energies. There are negative energies. Are they demons and devils? No. They, they can manipulate themselves to look like that because, again, they talk to us. They talk to each other through mental telepathy. They can read your thoughts. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, you wake up in the morning, you do your daily routine, you go to work, you do your job. Maybe you do your job. Not everybody does their job, whatever. You come home, you watch some TV, you eat some dinner, you go to sleep. You do it all over again. Spirit is around you 24-7. You don't need to go some haunted house to find spirit. You can walk into Walmart and there's spirit. There's everywhere you are. When you're going to the bathroom, you have spirit around you. It's like that song back in the 80s. I always feel like somebody's watching me. They are. They're watching <laughs> everything you do. But they don't really care about what you do because they don't have to sleep. They don't eat. They don't breathe. They don't do none of that stuff. That whole smudging thing where you burn those things and you make negative energies go away that yes, doesn't work yeah it doesn't work because they're in a realm where they don't have bodies so they don't smell they don't breathe the only thing you're doing at that point is you're setting off your fire alarm that's all you're doing the only way that you can make negative energy go away is by being positive it's like having two opposite magnets they can't 
share the same space. They don't want to be around positivity. But if you allow yourself to think bad things and be and feel horrible, or if you're just one of those people who gossips around people or or is shitty to other people, then you're going to get negative energies come to you and attach themselves to you because they want you to feel negative. They will give you some negative energy, which in turn will make you feel negative, which in turn they feed off of. Because in the realm that they are in, they need negative energy. So, And I see them all the time. They are the color red. They do give me dirty looks all the time because they know who I am. All spirit knows who I am because they've all seen me and gone through me. They see me and they give me dirty looks. And sometimes they give me, they change themselves because with, with me, it's, I don't think about that stuff, but with me, with other people, if you think about a demon or a devil, if you see something fly across the room and it scares the crap out of you, there's fear right there. There's negative energy right there. So then they will come closer to you. And then they may reveal themselves to you. And you see it in your mind and you're like, and you get scared. Then you think about a demon or a devil. And then since they, that's in your mind, they can read that. Then they, being a pure energy, can manipulate themselves to look like that. And then they reveal themselves to you. And that scares the crap out of you. Again, putting fear into you, making negative energy come out of you. And then they feed off of that. And then they will attach themselves to you. And you caused it. The only way that you can, you can make it go away is by turning around and going, you know what? I don't want you near me. There is no such thing as demons and devils. Forget all that stuff. Start thinking about puppy dogs and kitty cats and ice cream and, and all the good stuff in this world, and they will go away. But so until you, you, you make that choice, it won't go away. So how does one determine the re reliability of someone beyond who may uh, otherwise be trying to cause harm? How can you tell you what you just said? How can you tell what to make it more uh, simpler for the audience to understand which is negative and which is the positive spirit? Let's but when say. they so when they when they put ideas into your head to go out and do bad things, you would know. You'll wake up one day and go, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go kill somebody." That's them telling you these answers. Here's the difference. Again. It's a choice. You can either follow through with what they tell you or don't. Mm -hmm. So when you get these feelings of like, oh, I'm good. This person just made me angry. I'm going to scream and yell at them. That's what, them, that's what they're telling you to do. It's your choice to decide if you're actually going to scream and yell at them. You don't have to. You could just go, you know what? Eh. Maybe I should just talk to them about it. Mm. You could, it's everything is a choice. So when you get these feelings inside of you, again, because they are all around us all the time, on the earthbound side, just as many people who don't cross over or do cross over, there's that many people who don't cross over. Not all of them are negative. They were just afraid or they just had, you know, a, a decision they made just to, to stay or they realize that they may have to come back again and they don't want to come back again. Because if you've realized you've been, well, let me see something real quick. Okay. So you yourself, you're on life number 27. I just asked them a question. They told me the answer 27. And then they answered me. Yes, that it's 27. 
you you're on the, you're on life number 27 you have been here 26 other times you've had 26 other names <laughs> including your actual soul name you have had 26 other sets of parents 26 other sets of uh, brothers and sisters cousins all that stuff everything you've been from all over the world so don't mess with 23me or ancestry.com because you've been here so many times the person that you're looking up from 100 years ago that looks similarly like you was you. That's all. Just a different version. That's why they look like you, because it's still you. You come back into the same family circle every single time. Because you've been here this many times, you have gone home 25 of those times. Originally, you started out there, so that makes you 26, and now you're here on number 27. When you pass away this time, you're going to stand up out of your body. You're going to look down and go, oh, I guess I don't need that anymore. When you do that, you get all the memories back from your life and all the memories, perfect memories from all your previous lives. So you're going to have memories from 27 lifetimes. And at that point, you may say to yourself, well, crap, if I've been here 27 times, if I go through that light, I might have to come back again. And they know that. And you say to yourself, I don't want to come back because I might have to have another crappy life. I'll just stay here. And you can do that. But they are all there. And a lot of them are really bad because they were horrible people in this world. They, they chose to be horrible people. And in order to survive there, they need more negative energy. So what they will do is put negative thoughts into your mind. You have a choice to listen to those negative thoughts or not. But we, we as people have a choice to listen to the positive ones as well. And we don't always do that. We talk ourselves out of it because we were taught to, or we talk ourselves into things because we were taught to. You have to do what's best for you and making the decisions that you feel are best for you. But what's best for you is not best for someone else. Just like when I was a kid, my mom would say, why can't you be like your brother? Because I'm not my brother, because I don't perceive things the same way my brother sees them. I don't see the world through his eyes. I see them through mine. So I have to do what's best for me. So it's about making those decisions. But when you get those thoughts in your mind and it's something bad and you know it's not you, because you know your own head voice. And when something else comes in and it says, go out and kill somebody or go out and hurt someone, Again, it's up to you to decide what you are going to do next. We just have to make that choice. That's all. How do you help others find their true meaning and purpose? How does what you do help others in the world of the living? Because I, I describe to them what their actual purpose is by going out and help someone. And I mean help someone. I don't mean just opening a door and saying hello. Someone will physically come up to you and say, I'm lost. I had that happen to me a long time ago where I was out on my motorcycle. I had this jacket on, a black leather jacket with this stitching on it that looks like a skeleton because I was into skulls and skeletons and all this stuff. Still am. I just see them, but I know who they are now. <clears throat> and this little old lady walked up to me. She said, excuse me, sir. She said, I'm lost. She said, I, I'm supposed to go to my friend down on this road. And she told me the road. I said, wow. I said, you're like eight miles away. 
She said, I used to be around from this neighborhood, but I haven't been here so long. I don't know where it's at now. She said, it's over by some Walmart in Camden, Delaware. I said, I said, well, look. I said, I could describe it to you, but that's not going to work. I said, let me finish getting my gas. Where are you parked at? She says, I'm right here. I said, okay, I'll get on my motorcycle, and then I want you to follow me. And when she walked away, I thought to myself, there's all these people around, yet she comes up to the scariest-looking biker guy and asks me to help her. Because when you're in a desperate situation, you'll do anything. Mm. So she came up, and I, I told her that. I got on my bike. I rode over towards her. I said, come on, let's go. And I, it's the slowest I've ever ridden on my motorcycle because she drove slow. And I drove like 40 miles an hour all the way home, even on the highway, but I didn't want to lose her and have her get lost again. And then when she, she needed to get to the point where she was, I waved her off and then she went. Again, when you know you're helping someone, it, it feels good. So when I guide them and tell people, this is what you need to do, this is how you fulfill your purpose, I do that as much as I can, but it's still, it's up to people in their free will to decide what they're going to do with that information. Sometimes they follow through with it. A lot of times they don't. I still see some of these people when I'm out doing readings or if I see them somewhere when I'm doing readings places in these festivals, I'll bump into them and I'll tell them, they'll look at me and I'll say, Oh, and they say, what? I say, yeah, that advice I gave you about your kids uh, a couple of weeks ago, you didn't follow through with it, did you? And they go, no. I go, oh, yeah. I can give the advice. I can give them the answers. But it's up to them to decide what they're going to do with the information. It's their choice. Just as everything in this world is your choice. You have to decide what's best for you. There are a few people in the UFO community that believe that extraterrestrials are, in fact, archangels. Are you uh, able to tell us if they are or are they separate entities, completely different entities? They are that because everybody tells me I always tell them. Uh, when I talk to somebody like that, I say, I'm going to make the correlation between aliens and angels. And they go, and they get all excited. And then I tell them, I say, because the angels that I see, they look like prey mantises. And they go, oh my God, I, I knew it. I knew it. I've, I've seen, I've seen some of these pictures and of these aliens that look like prey mantises. I said, the difference between these and the ones that you see are these ones have just evolved to no longer needing a body. That's what they are. And then it goes, then they just say, oh, well, that makes sense. They, and that's why they are, because we are come from not needing a body. We are just in this body to have an experience, to have a ex human experience of learning things and fulfilling that purpose. But we're all, it's a, that's a learning experience. And when I tell them that, well, I said, I see some of them look like birds and some of them look like owls. And they're like, I've seen that as well. I said, yeah, that's just all they are. They are beings of a higher consciousness that no longer need a body that evolved from that. They have been around for billions and billions of years, as we call it, 
but there is no billions of years because the only ones who experience years in time and space are us here on this world. They don't live in that. Just like your dog and cat does not live in time and space. They just live because they don't know when they're going to die. They don't even know when they were actually born. They just mm -hmm. go. No one celebrates their birthday as we, we do, but they don't understand that. They just are. Mm -hmm. In the same way that when you leave here and you move on, you're not waiting for it to be 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You just are. You just be. There's no waiting for anything because you don't slow down. You just go. You don't sleep. You don't eat. You don't breathe. You don't do none of stuff. You just go. Same way as them. They just are there. And they know. But absolutely, they are what we would consider aliens. But there are many aliens throughout this world. We have some from a, uh, in here in America that they're, they're aliens, but that's because they come from other countries. They're just alien to our country. That's all. We have ones that come from Mexico all the time. They're just called illegal aliens. That's all. But they're just, they're alien to us. They just look different because they are different. But some of them are not different because they are where we came from. But the people who are in power and control of us don't want us to know that so that they can remain in power and control of us. They will come back. Aliens will land and we will see them and they will make themselves known. But they're going to wait until everything gets better because right now it's not good and it's not getting better anytime soon, but they will come back because they know there's going to be a point when we have to go enough is enough. Mm. We can take care of each other. And when we do that, that's their message to us to take care of each other, to help each other, to share everything in this world, to move forward as a race of people, as people together. That's what they want us to do. And they try to help us a little bit. That's how we got this technology right here. I'm holding on my hand, phone. We didn't just invent this stuff. It came from other meetings with them. And it just trickles out. Because, you know, when they put out a, a dish detergent, they don't put out the best one. They put out a little bit at a time, and then you get the new improved, and then you get the new, new improved. Why do, why do they do that? Because it makes money. The only way that we're going to change is by getting rid of money, control, and power. Because we could do that. We could take care of each other. We could share everything in this world. You could have a Porsche. I could have a Porsche. Everyone could have a Porsche. And if everyone had a Porsche, the reason for having a Porsche would go away. Mm -hmm. Because if you could make yours look as cool as possible, and so could I, the only reason you would have a Porsche is because we, we try to prove that we're better than somebody else or how much more we have than someone else or a status symbol. But if everyone could have one, then the reason for having one would go away. And we would all realize that we could just have one if we wanted to, just to take one for a ride. But we don't have to have one to prove a point that I'm better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. When we get to that point, 
that we don't have to prove anything to each other and we are all equal, mm. then we will move forward. And that's what they up there in spirit and they, what we would call aliens, want for us. But until we get to that point, yeah, you know, so, but there will be a point when do they do come that here. We will be able to reach that point because you just mentioned that, you know, society thinks that they will reach happiness if they get that Porsche, if they get, you know, it could, it could be a Gucci belt. It could be anything. Right. But yeah. in reality, when you do get that, you don't feel nothing. You, you, no. you know, um, so false illusion that yes buying that car is going to make you feel happier than you've ever felt before or it, it could be what you desire it doesn't necessarily have to be a car how Absolutely. do you, you know uh how do you think we as as a species will reach that point where we we realize that everything we want or desire is within us and we don't need that bentley or we don't need to work 24 hours a day in order to get that bentley Absolutely, because make us happy. we have lost the true value in this world, which is us. Mm. Until we start working together, it's never going to change. And that's what we have to do. And in order to do that, to order for all that to happen, in order for all that change to come, we have to get the message out that that's what we can do in order to have true happiness. Because happiness is only within you. The only person who can make you happy is you. Other, per, other people can add to that, but you came into this world and you will leave this world on your own. So the only person who's going to make you happy is you on your own. Mm -hmm. You have to feel that within you first. But we also have to re re remember that Why we are not no one's alone. To digest to understand that, like you, you could say that to me and I understand it, but if you said that to 100 people, you say to them that you can control your happiness, that yes. you might think that you buying that Louis Vuitton bag or shoes is going to make you feel the, the, the happiness that you desire. And once you get it, you're going to want more because it hasn't made you happy. You know, yesterday I was listening to um, the CEO of Google X who gave up all his wealth basically because he said that he had all the cars, all the money, and he had clinical depression. Yes. You know, and now he's now working with the charities to help people become happy. Um, yeah, because we, we have, because like myself, like others who have these abilities, as we all know, not everybody does have them. Mm. But not everybody in this world is meant to be a teacher as well. The only way we're going to change is if, is if the teachers of the world do stand up and start teaching everyone else about this. But, and, and showing people the truth out there and, and getting the truth out there so that they can see it enough that it actually is the truth. And we have to stand, but the only way we're going to do that is we have to stand up and take the power back. We have to stand up and tell everybody in government, you're fired. This is not working. Yeah. Because the party system doesn't work. It never has. I hate you because you're on the red side and you hate me because I'm on the blue side. But in actuality, none of them hate each other. They just want us to think we do so that they can keep up the illusion that we that they do. 
It's all illusion. Until we stand up and take this power back, it's not going to change. We have to do that. We have to let everyone know. That's why I get out there and that's why I do interviews all the time. And I talk to as many people as I can. So I can't just be the only one telling us. We, you can't be the only one telling us. We all have to get out there as much as we can and spread this word, spread this message to everyone so that everyone will wake up and understand that you don't need these people to be in control of you and tell you what you do. You can have happiness within you. You just have to allow yourself to open up to let that happen. But until we until we get this out enough, we're still go, we're just going to continue to struggle. I think people find a really hard time to believe that. Sure, because that they can we, make themselves happy. Right, because, because we we've been brainwashed for so long. Right. That, that's they don't know anything different. They yeah. have to learn to think outside the box, or as I say, they need to learn to think outside the book. Yeah, because that book is not real. It's all about control and how how much I can how many how many lies and deceptions I can tell you. They try to tell you ten stories to prove one point. Mm -hmm. What sense does that make? And they try to, but you know, if religion was correct, how how come there are so many? Because all religion was was created by man. Because mm -hmm. God did not create words. God gave you an ab ability to make sound. So you can say any word that you want to. It begins with the letter F that doesn't sound like fire truck, and he doesn't care. As long as you're not putting that negative energy on someone, we have to learn that, that we don't need to be embarrassed or be uh, feel uh, self-lost in front of other people. But we have to go out and help each other. We have to put that helping hand out there. We have to stop putting walls around each other. We have to stop segregating ourselves from ourselves. You know, the president of the United States said at the very beginning of COVID, he said, we're all in this together, but we have always all been in this together. We don't need them to tell us that. We don't need them to tell us that there are UFOs. We know that's the real truth, too. We know the truth is out there, but we have to get it out there because people are too, too afraid to go against the grain. They don't want to go against... The they think the government's going to take care of them, but the government's not. They're not for us. They're for themselves. Mm -hmm. The only way we can change things is by taking that power back and telling them, you're done. Because we need to change things. We have to learn that it's okay to feel the way that we do about some things. And then learn that it's not okay to feel about other things that they want us to feel. We have to learn to, meditation is, is my key to everything. Because you will learn more about yourself within meditation than you will ever know. Because mm -hmm. you will get talked to in meditation. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Mm -hmm. But it's about opening up your mind in order to receive those messages. But you, you can only cl get clear messages by being a clear individual. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to... As my favorite three words, let it go. Let all the pain and anger go because it doesn't serve a purpose. Let the anguish go. Let the fear go. Just imagine all the places you might have gone or people you might have met without having fear in your life. Oh, I want to ask that guy out, but what if he says no? Who cares if he says no? Go find another one. There's a gazillion of them out there. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Find the one who's meant to be with you. The, that one was just not meant to be with you. Get over it. Stop letting everyone tell you that you have to feel so sorry for that or you have to feel such grief for that. Why do we feel so much grief for the people who left here? It's, I know we under, I understand we, le- we lost that relationship, but they haven't really left. They just left their bodies. They're still here. We have to listen to them telling us because they were looking out for us as well to help us get through our lives. But we have to listen. We have to follow through. Mm-hmm. And we have to get away from all this pain, anger, sorrow, grief, guilt, anguish, and, and control and power. People have to make a decision. Is this good for me or is this not good for me? And if you can't help somebody, move on to the next somebody. Mm-hmm. And then help those ones as much as you can. And then so on and so on and so on, because hopefully they will pass it on as well. But until we do that, we're just going to be stuck. So we have to do the best we can to make sure that we're not stuck. We have to keep moving forward because if if you don't move forward, if you just sit there, things as we know, when you get older, if you just sit around and do nothing, everything gets crooked up and you can't move and you're stuck. Mm. Keep moving forward until you can't anymore. But keep moving forward. Tell someone. When you walk past someone, we always walk past people in a store. We're always, we, we spend more energy walking past somebody and trying to avoid them. Instead of avoiding them, when they come p- past you, just say, hello. And they will either look at you and go, oh, hi. It'll <laughs> brighten up their day. Yeah. Which will brighten up your day. Mm-hmm. When you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm a good person. I'm going to do good things today. I'm going to go out and have a great day and try to help as many people as I can today and do that every day. And when you do that, when you look yourself in the mirror, you can't lie to yourself. And then when you're doing that every day, that'll become a routine and then tell the next person the same thing mm-hmm. and tell them to tell this somebody. Tell tell them to tell everybody in front of them, around them, and behind them the same thing, to do that. And then that will make change. But we all need to do that. It can't can't just be me. It can't just, one person tried it. And then they tortured him and murdered him in front of everybody. And his name was Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He was here so that he could spread a message so that everyone else could spread it but they squashed what he was doing. And now they use those stories to promote fear. We have to turn it around. We have to get it out there that we, he wanted us to all to do good things, not to go out and try to prove something that we're better than it was, that we are equal. That's what he wants us to do. And that's what we need to continue to do. And that's what he tells me to do all the time. And that's what I do. But again, it can't just be me. It's got to be all of us. And that's why I'm glad I'm here on this show. So as all the others, it gets the message out. Because they know that I'm, hopefully they know I'm telling the truth and they know that you're telling the truth as well. Of course. No. But did you ever question your yourself for becoming, to, for going out public with your, so five years ago, this event happened that completely changed your life. Now you could yes. have 
kept quiet about it and kept it to yourself. Did that ever yeah. cross your mind that you didn't want to go public with it? You know, because you never know uh, the re, the repercussions, and it's such a huge, huge um, event <laughs> that happens in your life. Yeah, you yeah, have no idea. Did yeah. you ever question not being so public about it and keeping it to yourself? No, not anymore. I used to in the very beginning. For, well, yeah. for me, in the, in the very beginning, it was kind of like someone who was coming out of the closet and 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 saying that they were a homosexual. Yeah, I it's can the imagine. same exact thing because I, I had imagine. to, I had to, I had to accept it myself. And in the very beginning, the first year, that was very hard. But then I said, you know what? I can't just hide from people anymore. I have to be myself. The one thing I don't do is I don't apologize to anyone for me being me. If mm -hmm. I offend you, that means that I'm only going to have to deal with you one time and then you'll go away. Mm -hmm. So I will never apologize for me being me anymore. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. So people, there are people out there who accept me and there are a lot of people out there who don't. And I get mm -hmm. the, I hear it all the time from the people who don't. But do I ever back down? No, because the spirit told me, don't let anyone mistake your confidence as arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I'm just confident. Mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. what I'm saying is the truth. And if you can't handle the truth, that's your problem, not mine. I'm still going to go on telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And people do listen. And people do follow through. And the other ones who don't want to listen and follow through, they just have to fall by the wayside. Yeah. Because eventually, there's going to be enough people who will follow that. And then they'll just have to come on board. Or they'll just, you know, go somewhere else. Absolutely. But yeah, it's not, it's not been easy. It's not, it's not, hard. it's not easy in this life. It's uh, this life being a medium and saying all the things I do. It's a, it's a very secluded life because, uh, because a lot of times you don't want to be out in crowds uh, because you, you get overwhelmed by people and their negative feelings all the time. Mm -hmm. I pick up on all of that energy. My wife does as well. She's an empath. So we pick up on all of that. So you don't always want to be around a lot of people, but I know I have to be in order to, to talk to them and, and, and get them to think differently, to think outside that box of the book. So yes, it's, it's not easy. It's a different lifestyle. Every time I do wake someone up who does has this, uh, these abilities and or just regular people, that's tough as well because, again, they don't always want to do that. It's, it's a choice for them as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. I, I always tell them too, well, if you decide to move on with, with the, it's basically taking that red pill, blue pill thing. And if you take that red pill and decide that you're not going to see the world the same way anymore, because it is actually different than you actually think it is, mm. it's going to be different for you because people are going to treat you differently. You have to be able to accept that, that they're going to treat you differently and not everyone can. So I tell them all the time, if you're going to go into this life and do this, you're going to have a lot of seclusion. There's going to be times when you're not around a lot of people because people are going to shun you. They're going to say, you know, when I talk about these things, I've lost a lot of friends because of it, but I've gained new ones. Mm -hmm. I lost a lot of it because of their religious backgrounds, because of what they've been taught them throughout their mm -hmm. lives. And, and they, they call me names all the time. And I tell them, well, you can call me whatever you want to, but... Your words don't mean anything to me because words are just created by man anyway, so it doesn't really mean anything unless you allow it to mean something to you. And I don't allow it to mean something to you, so I always ask them, 
are you done? And they go, what do you mean? I said, are you, are you done calling me names? Well, yeah, okay. And then I turn around and walk away and I say, aren't you going to say nothing? Why should I? Because that's what you want me to do. I'm not going to do that. Your words don't mean anything to me. So goodbye. And that's it. Because yeah. why do I do that? Because I have a choice to do that. Mm-hmm. I can stand there and argue with them. But what's the point of that? No one wins an argument. But why? So why do it? So I don't. But everybody has to make that decision for themselves, that choice for themselves to decide if they can, if they're actually able to do that as well. It's not always easy for some people because Mm -hmm. they, again, we've all been taught this entire lives. I just don't let it bother me. Somebody can call me an, an, an ass all day long, but like I said, if their, if their words don't mean anything to me or that person doesn't hold any merit with me, I don't care. It's not going to ruin my day. You have to decide if you can do that. And if you can, you know, good things will happen to you if you pay attention to signs as well. I was out with my wife one time. Uh, she, we went to the store and she bought a bicycle, this thrift shop. And I said, you know what? I'll buy a bicycle too. I, I, I need to get into shape. And I did. So I said, Let's, I want to look up bicycles. And I look. I said, I want a blue bicycle, because I like blue. Because because when I when I look at things like when I look at you or I look at your background, I don't see the background that you see. Everything that I see has a blue tinge to it, misty stuff. I see energy in my regular vision now. When I look at the scar at the stars at night, I don't see the stars anymore. They've gone. When I look at the sky at nighttime, the only thing I see is the moon and a blue black sky, and I see energies, people, dogs, cats, horse, cows, fish, everything walking around. I see everything. That's mm-hmm. all I see now. I don't see the other stuff anymore. Everything's changed. Everything's always changing for me all the time. So yeah, I, I looked up a blue bike. I said, we took $200. We went to Walmart. We got some groceries. I found, uh, I found what I, I, I said, this is where I'm going to go get a bike. We walked around, went back there. No blue bike. I was, I was sad. I said, well, let's go to the next Walmart. We, we go there and we walk around and my wife says, well, there's a tag. I'm looking it up. They said, there's a blue bike here. Let's go. I said, okay, we go back there. No blue bike. They had a tag on a red bike that said blue bike. And I was getting, I was getting upset. And I was like, well, what do you want to do? I said, let's go visit my mom. We'll figure out what we're going to do there. We go there, we get done. I said, you know what? Let's go home. And my wife said, no, we can't do that. I'm getting a feeling that's telling me we have to go to the next one. And I said, okay. Now, previous to doing this, I was looking up bikes and I saw this real cool bike that looked like a motorcycle. And I was like, this is cool, but it was $250. I didn't want that. I wanted a $50 bike that I didn't want to pay a lot of money for. So we, she says, I said, well, I don't want to go. She said, You remember how you always tell people to listen to their feelings and pay attention? I said, yeah. She said, this is what they're telling me to do. We need to go. I said, okay. We go to the Walmart. We're walking on the aisle. And in the middle of the aisle, not even close to the bicycles, was that cool bike that I saw. Wow. And I ran down there, but not really because I'm old as shit. So I kind of hobbled down there. And I jump on the bike. And I start riding it around. And she comes up and she says, do you want the bike? I said, 
Can we get it? She said, yeah, I'll just use my credit card. We'll get it. I said, okay. We bring the bike over to the aisle to the, to the people. And I said, I want to buy this bike. She said, well, where's the tag? I said, I don't know. There's no tag on it. She said, okay. Now I know that bike was $250, but I didn't say anything. She said, are you going to get a helmet? I said, I guess so. So we walk over and get a helmet. I looked, I said to my wife, it would be cool if they had a helmet with like little spikes on it. So it looked like I had a Mohawk. Yeah. And she said, Oh, you mean like this one? She picked one up and I said, do they have one? that's like blue or black. She said, yeah, here's one. It's a large, that's your size. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. We bring it over to the counter, 25 bucks. The girl takes the price gun. She says, okay, the bike looks good. Let's check out the price. She hits the barcode. It says ding. And she looks at me and she says, That'll be $49, sir. Wow. And I went, what? <laughs> That's amazing. I'm looking at my wife. She's looking at me. I'm like, what's going on here? What do you mean? And the lady says, do you want the bike, sir? I can't get that money out of my pocket fast enough. I'm pulling it out. I'm giving it to her. She gives me the receipt. I'm walking away with the bike. People are coming up to me going, man, that's a cool bike. I'm like, yeah, get out of my way. I got to get out of this store. <laughs> we get out of the store. We're like the people in Ikea commercial going, start the car. We got to get out of here. Get out of here. And we, we get the bike over to the car and we open the car up and I'm trying to get the bike in. I can't get it in fast enough because I think I'm ripping these people off. Yeah. We get the bike in. I look at the receipt. We get in the car. We take off down the road. We get home. I pull the bike out. I take a picture of it because it's cool looking. I go in the house, I look it up online. And when I do, it says that bike was the only one that was in stock and it was $250. Wow. Had I not paid attention to my wife paying attention to her signs, yeah. I would have talked her out of it and said, let's just go home. Yeah. But we listened to it and we followed through. And I came home with a $250 bike that cost $49. And I've been riding it ever since, and I've lost 20 pounds. And uh, But I listened to what they said. Mm -hmm. She told them, they told her something. She told me, we listened to it, we followed through, and I came home with a purchase of $75 and still had $25 in my pocket. Mm -hmm. When you listen, when you acknowledge that they're there trying to give you answers, and you listen to them, and you follow through with them, good things will happen. I have this truck now because I, I had a car, this car called a Chevy HHR, and I was real being kind of lazy about selling it. <clears throat> I was coming home from Walmart, because apparently I live there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like my second home. And I was coming home and I stopped at the stoplight and across the street from me was another Chevy HHR. I never see them. I made my turn on the right-hand turn. I go across this bridge, another one passed me. And then I went to make a turn, left-hand turn on our road and another one was right there. Wow. And that was telling me, okay, you got to sell this car. So I went back to Walmart. I got one of those little white markers to write on the windows for, I came home washed the car, cleaned it. My neighbor came out and talked to me about it. My other neighbor came out and talked to me about it. I was just getting ready to write on the windows how much I wanted for the car. And some man pulled up in a truck and he said, Hey, how you doing? I said, good. He said, you selling this car? I said, yeah. I said, you live in the neighborhood? He said, no. I said, 
You from here? He said, no, I'm just passing through. I said, where are you from? He said, Pennsylvania. I said, that's like 150 miles. Who just passes through a town? There's a neighborhood. He said, ah, just looking around. Took my information, left. 10 minutes later, another guy showed up. Hey, you selling that card? Yeah. I said, you from around here? No. I said, are you just passing through? He said, yeah. I said, <laughs> where are you from? He said, I'm from Virginia. I said, okay. He took my name. He asked me some questions, took my number. Three days later, his mom called me about the car. Two days later, he came back and bought the car. Wow. Had I not paid attention to those signs, because I would have normally just walked in the house, went and watched some TV and ate some potato chips or something. Yeah. But I paid attention to seeing those signs. They show us signs all the time. They show us the, the numbers all the time. The 1111 or 222 or 333. Yeah. This is them telling us that you're on the correct path. When you see those numbers, those are angel signs. They're telling you you're on the correct path. If you're not seeing all these signs, you're not on the correct path. You're on the alternative path. But when you're seeing these signs, again, we have to listen to them, pay attention to them, and then follow through, decipher what it's telling us, and then follow through with that. The more that you do this throughout your life, the more good things will happen to you. The more negativity you allow into your life, because the only reason it's in your life is because you allow it to be in your life. If you have people in your life that are telling you you're a horrible person or always trying to drag you down, the only reason they are in your life is because you allow them to be in your life. Mm -hmm. You have to say, I don't want them in my life anymore and let them go. I don't care if it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your best friend, your so-called mm -hmm. best friend, because we always have one of those. If they're not helping you, if they're not being a positive force in your life, let them go. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in a rule book that says you have to have any contact with them. And if you do have contact with them, it's because you allow it. And if you let them go and then they come back into your life, it's because you allowed them to come back into your life. Don't let them stay separate yourself from them and find your people, find your tribe, mm -hmm. do what I did and go out and find your people who you can be yourself around. And then you can constantly have positivity because you have now positive people in your life mm -hmm. and go out and spread that positivity as much as you can. Why? Because you can and because you should. That's why. So where can people find you if they want to contact you or book you for a reading? Uh, obviously Walmart. But uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, if they want to find me, uh, they can find me at www spirit medium daniel it's one long word spirit medium daniel.com or uh i do a podcast that's called uh beyond the veil with daniel jackson me and we talk about everything spirit supernatural uh metaphysical um health and wellness tarot cards um uh, i had a woman i did an interview who talked about hypnotism a tarot card reader, one who did essential oils, one who talked about crystals, 
I had a guy on who talked about uh, UFOs and aliens, uh, Bigfoot. I have all this stuff. We talk about the government and uh, religious control, everything. We, we do a little bit of everything so that everyone can get something out of it. So they can find it there at www.beyond-the-veil.com. Oh, and they can also find me on Facebook at Spirit Medium Daniel, and they can find me on YouTube at Spirit Medium Daniel. I, did a, I do a bunch of videos used to about teaching people about all this type of stuff as well. And they can find all the videos on there as well and watch them. And, and then if they want to have a reading with me, uh, they can just contact me on www.spiritmediumdaniel.com and they can book a reading. Or I'm offering now a mentorship program that if they feel they have an ability that they're not really sure of, they can book a, a free phone call with me and I will know as soon as I see the email, they will tell me whether or not that person has an ability. Um, hold on a second. Oh, you have one too. Wow. You're, you are. Uh, my legs are shaking. <laughs> oh my God. You're 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 partially aware of it, but not completely aware of it because you actually you actually pick up well. Um, see that too. Yeah. Uh, so you're actually uh, you're actually an empath as well. Uh, to the to the fact that uh, when you walk into a, even before you walk into a room, you pick up on the people's feelings before you even walk in the room. And or when you walk in, you pick up on their feelings while you're around them as well. Sometimes um, sometimes those feelings do overwhelm you at times. And you by the end of the day, uh, you feel you still feel those feelings uh, so much that uh, you feel they are now your feelings. And it kind of overwhelms you a little bit sometimes, but not all the time. But it does happen uh, sometimes. Uh, but you are an empath. Hey, yo, check it out, it's the kid. And thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Vocal Minds with Sophia. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, and now on iTunes, all right? Follow her on both Instagram and Twitter under Vocal Minds Sophia. And don't forget to tell a friend about the podcast. Matter of fact, tell all your friends about the podcast. What are you waiting for? Honestly. Remember, you want to treat yourself, not cheat yourself.